Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We coming to eighth time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Thursday to all of you. Nice to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. Did you have uh, water in your building? 1 a.m. It came back. Did it? Why? Did it make a big clunk? Or 1 a.m. No, uh, no, I think Amy, Amy was up every hour checking to see if the water was back oh, on. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the funny thing about that. Welcome in, everybody, by the way. Sean Pendergast, Seth Payne. That's why I wasn't at the Houston Sports Awards last night. My, so the we all know there were tornadoes on Tuesday. Knocked out the power in a lot of places. Knocked out the power in our building for a little while. When the power came back, it blew the fuses on one of the water pumps in our building. Oh. So floors, 10 of the floors in the building didn't have, have not had water yeah. from Tuesday through one in the morning last night or, you know, five hours ago, yeah. whatever. Uh, we were on one of those floors. So I kept waiting and waiting. They kept giving us updates all day. Yes, they should be by noon, should be by three. Finally, I go down the Lions lobby and I'm like, sex and, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, hey, what's the deal here, man? Like, I got an award show to go to tonight. Yeah. You know, do you know, I'm, do you know who I am? Because I'm the one with the big problems around here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's not the people who had their homes destroyed. It's me. I have to go to an award show. Yeah. Um, they said, we're, we're waiting on a part. And I said, okay, well, do you know when it's like going to be? Well, like, what are we, the airport? Like, it's you, actually, can't, you have to wait for somebody to fly something in from They described the part as if it's like the size of a oh, small really? truck. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was a big part. That makes sense. So um, so I said, okay, so this thing's not coming back anytime soon. They said, probably not. Eventually, at like 6 p.m., they started taking reservations for some of the vacancies, like up on the 29th oh, floor. To go shower? To go there? shower, like yeah. Stop? It was like a bougie homeless shelter. Yeah. Those really nice truck shops where they announced it, like, yeah. stall 23. They is called open. us. Yeah. yeah, they called, like, my phone rings. I'm like, really? oh, shower time. Yeah. So, so you went up and used the went communal up to shower? 2904 and used it. Yeah, it was, well, I was the only one in the apartment at the time. <laughs> it was like that. They treated it like a, like a gym locker. Got a lot room, of people, and man. Everybody's in there just <laughs> oh, hey. sharing one nozzle. Hey, Charlie Heck, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Charlie had no water either. Now that I think about it, he was on one of those floors. Poor guy. Oh, in the At least it's not during don't. the season, right? right yeah, right. the Texans aren't. Are they in the playoffs? Let me check. There's four teams left. San Fran, Philly. Nope, not in the playoffs. It's hard to keep it straight the sometimes. They're looking for coaches. Figure it out. Are the Rockets in the playoffs? <laughs> they are not indeed. They, no. Okay, there's so many in the NBA playoffs. They're busy losing to the Wizards last wait, wait, night. Well, usually, what is it? Usually by Christmas, the seedings are almost uh, finalized anyway. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, they're not They're not in the... They're, they're okay, definitely... And right. I don't think they're going to be. Okay, I didn't know if they had a chance of sneaking in or they not. They got a chance at Victor Wimbayana. Yeah, that's what yeah. they got a chance at. Or Scoot Henderson. Yeah. How was the uh, Houston... So- I watched it. Amy and I watched it from beginning to end. We watched the the pre-show because it was streaming on the yeah. ABC 13 app. So we, we have that on our Apple TV. So we're able to watch it on our big TV. You, my friend, 
did a tremendous job. When oh, we were did watching. I? Yeah. Okay, thank you. I thought you did a good job. I told you yesterday I don't care about whether I do well or poorly in anything. Well, you'll be sad to know you did well. Afterwards, <laughs> I was like, ah, nah, I could have. You know what? My problem is I sweat too much. I can't. Uh, that's not pleasant for people to look at. I got a. <laughs> I was running around all over the place because it's the Wortham Center there. And, you know, there's no simple, like, hey, just, it's not like the cafetorium at your elementary school where you can just, you know, pop up, pop up to the side and go backstage. Right, right. I had to, uh, I did laps around that place trying to figure out where I was Yeah, you were to be. All, literally, like, all over the place. Yeah. But I did the, the grand finale of the evening for many people was actually an hour and a half before the grand finale. It was my my yearly interview with Ronald McDonald. That's what everybody waits for. Yeah. I tweeted it out. He's a, a, a tradition like no other. The thing about Ronald McDonald is he's kind of yoked. He's very he's, solid. He's also the most talkative clown I've ever seen in my life. He's very glib. He's, I know. Well, I know. He might take our job. We were in a portion where some, uh, we were trying to tighten things up a little bit. And, uh, again, uh, I, the, the teleprompter had like 20 bullet points written in it and it was supposed to be i think it was like i was supposed to choose one or two of the bullet points i'm looking up at the teleprompter and like ronald mcdonald's going through every single bullet point i'm like i'm gonna just this thing up yeah but he's he's yoked like he might be he's like ned flanders i think okay where like oh you think he's just uh the happy neighborhood clown slash religious zealot but actually he takes his shirt off and uh, the women are drooling for him much like baseball players i feel like his uniform doesn't do him justice. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Baseball players, yeah. clowns. And he's got his his makeup is so heavily done that it reminds you of the drive through speaker. Yeah. You know, where sometimes it's done like Were Ronald you tempted McDonald. to scream an order in his face? <laughs> yeah, that's what I should have done. I'm sure he's never had that before. No, yeah. That's, that's... uh that's probably I'm sure I'm sure it's not just like I the not like the pilot who's uh, at the at the uh, at the running late and people are like wow that, they can't leave without you that would have been a viral moment if just in the middle of the interview you just turn get right up in his face and go double cheeseburger I can't understand what you're saying can you hear me super size um, you did a good job though okay. you uh, you did a nice job you tweaked. Some of the scripted lines they gave you for mm. the beginning, it looked like. Oh, well. Based on what yeah. you had shared with me. Yeah, yeah. I tweaked it a little bit. Yeah. And, um, well, Kennedy Smith, who's the former Texas A&M track athlete, who's Patty Smith's daughter. I feel yeah. I feel bad calling her Patty Smith's daughter because she's, you know, her own person. She now. is. But she she's was. very talented. She, uh, she did a bunch and she was out there with me at the beginning. And she's cool because she's like an actual sideline reporter and stuff. Yeah. So she's good at stuff like that. Yep. And then Alex Bregman. I kind of I kind of went off script a little bit with Alex Bregman, who was hosting the thing. And all of you will be happy to know, but yet not oh, one yeah. bit surprised, that Alex Bregman was incredibly calm, cool, and collected, and and like ran the show as the MC very, very easily. It was um, like I, I felt like he was a natural. But you you had a different perspective. You were texting me last night. You had a different perspective. I was watching it on TV, and yeah. I thought the same thing. I'm like, man, he's in control. Yeah, he's you know a little nervous at the very, very beginning. Yeah. But but just really, he was really really good. Like yeah. a minus to an A for Alex Bregman. But you were saying you got to hear him. Oh, yeah. on the IFB, like in I, between. Yeah, I had my presentations in my earpiece. Yeah, and I so I could kind of. Uh, which by the way, I probably should have told him that. What? Some people don't realize that. Like, they're like hear, hey, by the way, you? you can hear everything all the time. Yeah. Um. So I was listening to him the whole time, kind of just like directing the show, and like he had the whole thing. When I first saw him, he came up to me, and without the script or anything, he was like, or without like the show rundown. He was like, okay, Seth, so this is what's going to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention this, and then you're going to respond this way, and then I'm going to say this, and then you're going to do that. Because he didn't know that I had seen everything already. 
And I was kind of like, well, that's exactly right. I didn't, uh, I, I was still looking at the script about all of it. <laughs> I kind of went back after us. I was like, hey, he got like eight bullet points. And that's just one part of the show. <laughs> right. So he like, he had, you could tell, like some athletes will just go into something like that and be like, yeah, yeah. I'm the I'm the star athlete. No. I'm just going to show up and whatever. Like you could tell he'd actually spent a lot of time figuring it out. So what you're telling me is the guy who was in the batting cage like eight minutes after yeah. they won the World Series yeah. is a maniacal preparer. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was that. Yeah. Like I said, it, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody if it were Bregman. Uh, that he'd be handling it that way. Other guys might not handle it that way. No, no, that was cool when you when you said you got to hear you got to hear him kind of orchestrating things. Yeah, well, because it was because they got you know a couple people went long on their introduction or acceptance speeches, so they just a couple people they had to they had to speed things up. So Alex right. was like, "Well, I can cut this out, and then I can know like, and uh, you know, I don't want to do this." He wasn't being like a diva at all. No, he's playing he's three steps ahead. It's what a good MC does. Yeah, it's really cool. So they did. Uh, everybody at the uh, Houston Sports Authority did. A did, great you get job to, did you get to chat with anybody else? It's going to make people jealous. I saw, uh, yeah, uh, I chatted with Bagwell for a little while. Astros uh, general manager, Jeff Bagwell? Stop that now. Stop that. They are looking for a general manager. And well, that's Jim right. Crane Jeff Bagwell told us that. Jim Crane said there's still no timeline. Yeah. But Bagwell is, um, it was cool to, like, he is full bore, you know, like 100%. Well, because sometimes it's cool to, this is why when people mention various things like, oh, J.J. Watt should, you know, join the organization and make it better. A lot of people don't really appreciate how how much that job, a job like that in sports front office, can dominate your life. Very demanding, and it was very much like I was. I talked to um, I talked to him for a little while about just like the massiveness of the organization. You know, a major league baseball organization from you know the international to uh, your international facilities and players yeah. to your entire minor league system, um, and then all the other moving parts that we talk about. But I kind of was. I was picking his brain a little bit just to kind of, you know, try to make, try to, try to think about like, okay, so how, what are these guys doing that the Texans aren't doing? And it's apples to oranges in a lot of ways, but um, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see him be so 100% absorbed with it. Yeah. And uh, like, it was obvious. It was, I felt, I've talked to a lot of, um, I've talked to a lot of sports executives who have a million things going on in their head at the same, at, at one time. And uh, he was definitely that guy. Like as far as, yeah, yeah. as far as like boy, there's he's got a hundred items on his to do list tomorrow. He does, and uh, like and he, it's really so. I was actually I was actually just happy that he was just you know, <laughs> he was talking was to you, like all right, man, listening, like, and yeah, yeah. it's like now get out of here, you scamp, and go sign Yuli. <laughs> it's right. Yeah, he did a he did a good job introducing Jim Crane, his boss. Yeah, that's another thing. I think he might have memorized that. Damn baseball players. So he wasn't reading off a teleprompter. I don't think huh? so. And wow. he was very very smooth. So he's speaking from the heart. Yeah, Probably. yeah. Well, but it was also, uh, yeah, yeah. Probably, but no. He said a lot of nice things. Yeah, he yeah. did. A, he did a very good job with that too. It was a good show. It was a really good show. Great job by you. Great job by Patty Smith, as always. I saw when I asked Wade Phillips how to pronounce Israel Evero. Has he has he uh, killed any of the controversy I, well, over that? Because Israel Evero, who got a second interview with the Texans yesterday, he was on Wade's Wade Phillips' staff in LA. Los Angeles yeah. with the Rams, and. Uh, uh, he, he, I don't know if he corrected me. I was kind of, I might've, I, maybe, uh, maybe he did correct me, but I feel like the way he pronounced it, I think it was different than the way Ijiro Ivero pronounces it. I feel like there's 10 different ways his name gets pronounced. Yeah. Ben, do you have it by any chance? You, do you have, okay, never mind. He didn't I, correct me. I, I thought was, you looked like you were cueing something up in there. He wasn't, ben, sorry. and he didn't correct me. We need me. a hotkey in case he gets hired. I was, he didn't correct me. I was just, uh, I was struggling with it because yeah. I second guessed myself halfway through. 
You know, I, you I, a lot on your plate, man. No, I got to nail our potentially head coach. future head coach. <laughs> got to get his name down. Coach E. E. Yeah, yeah. Just hire D'Amico. It's easier to pronounce, okay? That's that's but my D'Amico, plea to the team. D'Amico and Ivaro are the best for being like known as by one name. Yeah. Like a soccer star. Right. Almost. Like right. they've got the if they if they win a Super Bowl, <laughs> right. they'll be remembered not as D'Amico Ryan's, it's just D'Amico. Right. He already is Iger, in a lot of ways. Ejero, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ejero or Ivaro? Ejero. I know, but which one? Like the first or the second? First, one? always Ijero. first. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. First, first. My name is Ijero Ivero. Ijero Ivero. All right, thank you. Um, all right. Uh, speaking of the coaching search, let's level set. Uh, Ijero Ivero interviewed yesterday, as did Mike Kafka. Um, where are the power rankings right now? What does our power ranking look like for the Texans head coach and the seven candidates still remaining? That is next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. We should do it, we should do it at the end of this segment, Sean. We've got Pain another observation from last I've got night. a lot of observations. My very can, first one. I'll, we'll get to it in a second. Yeah, we'll get to it in a second. Yeah. Let me write. Wait, let me jot it down because I don't want to. I don't want to com- forget to compliment you. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll sprinkle in some observations from the Houston Sports Awards last night. It was a, it was a great event. Congrats to Patty Smith and everybody else involved. Um. So Mike Kafka and Kijero Ivero did their interviews yesterday. Ivero was over Zoom. Kafka was in person. Someone texted. This is a middle screen, actually, texting Tom Middle Screen on the Trailer Wheel and Frame text page. Trailer Wheel and Frame! This middle screen's one of the early risers here. What if Kafka had been at the awards last night? Now, that would have been the talk of the awards <laughs> show. Yeah, that would have, what, yeah, what if the Texans 
that would be a that would be in poor taste. Yeah, if the Texans like uh, showed up unveiling the new head coach uh, as other, especially as like the Astros are being honored for World Series championships and everything, that would be that would be considered in poor taste. Like trying to upstage the event that everybody no was doubt. There for. Well, yeah. it was the Astros Invitational last night. It too. really was. I mean, they won every Jer- award other than College Athlete of the Year. I did a little thing at the beginning of with Jeremy Pena, yeah. uh, of which he was unaware until about thirty three seconds before. That was my concern. Yeah, <laughs> is that he was he wasn't going to be totally sure. Of, like I, yeah. he was going to come in kind of unprepped for. And that. then I felt like a, I felt like a total like. Um, morning coffee chat TV show jerk because I made him do the little heart thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know. Like, you got to make the people happy. Playing to the crowd, yeah. man. Yeah. So. Um, so so Kafka was not there last night. Um, no, nor was Evie Rowe. Nor was Evie Rowe. Um, he was not there. D'Amico, Ryans, Jonathan Gannon, Shane Steichen, they are all candidates for the job that are um, playing. They're coaching in games this weekend, so they they can't be interviewed until Monday, January 30th. Sean Payton will get to in the next segment. Sean Payton's entire candidacy for a head coaching job, I don't know if it's falling apart or if he just doesn't want a gig. We'll get to that at 6.35-ish. Um, what are your power rankings right now? My this, power rankings. Yes, the Seth Payne head coach power rankings. In reverse order. Okay, counting up. Starting at number seven Okay, is Sean Payton. Uh, Bottom of the list. A little bit of this is sour grapes because I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to be here. But it was really easy to not want him here after he leaked to Colin Coward. I say leak. He flat out told Colin Coward, according to Colin Coward, and this was never corrected by Sean Payton or anything. He basically made it really, really easy for people to connect the dots and make it seem like the Zoom interview was just an atrocity and the McNairs were awful and everything, despite reports to the otherwise for both that interview and others. Um, And not to mention that Peyton has been leaking every little thing to Colin Coward all along the way. And I don't I don't have any need in my life for a little a, a little media wannabe head coach who's more concerned with advancing his own agenda than actually winning football games or championships. Seems like you're not alone in that. Yeah. And we'll get to that in the next segment. Who's oh, yeah, next? I forgot we're doing a power ranking. Yeah, yeah, I actually wanted next? to make this whole into like a into a bash Sean Payton segment. You'll get segment. that in the next segment. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you get your chance. Number six. I numbered these poorly, so I need to do this little math in my That's mind. okay. Six, Kafka. And uh, he seems like a swell fella, but there are tons of swell fellas who aren't cut out to be head coaches. And frankly, I just haven't seen it. I, you know, yesterday, I think we were using the term soft-spoken probably as a... Um, I think we were saying soft, and people interpreted that as soft-spoken. Mm-hmm. It's not that. It's his, his own father said he had a soft personality. Soft demeanor. A soft demeanor, yep. right. Which is different than... Uh, as I was talking to Wade Phillips last night, I was thinking, okay... Wade Phillips is somewhat soft-spoken, and yet he's got a, a head coach vibe and an edge to him in a lot of ways. No doubt. You know what I love? Well, because Wade, when Wade delivers, shows his edgy side, he kind of does it in a little, you know, like a little, he sneaks in a little quip here and there. So I'm like, yeah, okay, this is, this is good soft, soft-spoken, but it's different than being a soft personality. Yep. I just haven't seen that side of Kafka, and I've watched various interviews and uh, interactions with his players to where there's no... It's a lack of juice and zest and energy Be that I'm accustomed to seeing yep. in head coaches. Number six? Number five. 
I renumbered these for you. Oh, you did while I, did. I was talking? Yes. Oh, thank yeah, you. You're welcome. Okay. Um, number five, Thomas Brown. Because yep. I don't, I know nothing, nothing other than him, other than he has a perfect head coach he personality. He has juice. He has a head coach yes. personality. And if yet, juice is the cover yes. charge, he's allowed in the club. Yeah, and yet it feels like he's been Sean McVay's consigliere for the last two yes. years, which is almost, a, he's the assistant head coach for the Rams. As a very young man who's never been a coordinator or anything, it's one thing if like you are identified really early and you're an assistant coach. Like Tomlin only spent one year as a defensive coordinator, did a really good job with it, but he had already kind of been tabbed as a guy that had some juice or the it factor yeah. or whatever to him. So Thomas Brown, I have no idea what to make of him. Uh, other than he seems like an awesome guy with the right personality attributes, but I haven't seen him necessarily in a leadership position. Yep. So when we get into the really serious candidates, in my opinion, there's Evie Rowe, who is at number four yep. and who has done a marvelous job as a defensive coordinator in just one year. And I was talking to Wade Phillips about this last night, is that, you know, I, I think a lot of people had this perception in their mind of, oh, okay, Vic Fangio got fired and it was because they couldn't figure out the offense, but the defense was great. Actually, two years ago, the defense for the Broncos was not that good mm-hmm. at all. So Evero stepped in and and really improved the defense in a lot of ways. And that's as he lost his uh, chub the edge rusher to trade halfway through the season. So I like him. He's still like relatively fresh in the conversation. And I don't, I don't think in terms of like head coach attributes, he hasn't displayed as much now as my top three, which are Steichen from Philadelphia at number three. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I'm sorry. Steichen and Gannon, I've got tied at number two. Okay. So Steichen You'd be and good Gannon, with either one. Yeah. And then D'Amico is uh, up there. Numero uno, a number one. Yeah. He's the guy for all the reasons, including, He's shown that administrative and uh, leadership side as a coordinator. His players absolutely gush about him. He is the guy by far that I see the most people adamantly saying, oh, yeah, he's just unlike anybody I've ever been around. Like, this is this is what we're talking You're talking about winning a damn Super Bowl. You're not talking about, well, gosh, everybody else is like, they hire offensive coordinators, and sometimes it works out. And usually most that's what most people are doing. So, like, why not, man? Because South. you're not hiring an offensive coordinator. You're hiring a head coach. Sound like the guy from South Park. If um, <laughs> I don't even know which one. <laughs> if, uh, so, like, okay, so Steichen is the offensive coordinator that's highest on my list. Yep. If I felt like he had the same attributes as D'Amico in terms of people absolutely gushing about him as a leader, as a person, um, all those things, then it would be really tough not to choose the offensive mm-hmm. guy. Uh, and the offense, the tiebreaker always goes to the offensive guy. But every single year, these guys who aren't genuine leaders or head coaches get hired, and they end up being mediocre and disappointing. And and I do believe there's a, I believe a lot of potentially really good coaches who are either defensive coordinators or special teams coordinators don't get their shot. And yet, if you look at five of the top six uh, NFL coaches in terms of tenure, how long have they been with their team? Five of them are non-offensive coordinators. They're either special teams coordinators or defensive coordinators. Andy Reid's the only one of the six guys who have been around the longest who's an offensive guy. So if if you just want to shoot for par, if you just want to be middle management your whole life and wish you were driving a better car than you are, then by all means, go go with the flow. Go with the trends. Go with the crowd. But if you're actually genuinely trying to be the best of the best in every category possible, then there is no other choice. You choose D'Amico. You, you've come up with some good numbers to, to help back up not having to be hooked on an offensive coach the last couple of days. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. Five, five of the six most tenured are either defensive or special <clears throat> Excuse me, special teams background. 
17 of the last 22 Super Bowl winning coaches. Is that the number? Yeah, have, I have, have, have a non-offensive coach. Uh, no, they're also. It's also or. <laughs> No, they don't. They violate some of the rules of things you're not supposed to do. Because gotcha. I included retreads in that. Retreads, that's so what retreads, it was. and also if you include, maybe if you don't like retreads, but if you throw in there, um, if you throw in there, a spread quarterback for yeah. a long, long time, you know there would be no Drew Brees or Pat Mahomes. Can't win a Super Bowl with those guys. Yep. And uh, you can't you can't win a Super Bowl with a defensive coach or a special teams coordinator. All those things they fall by the wayside. So like if you're if you're gonna tell me that Tomlin was a bad hire. Or if you're going to tell me that Belichick was a bad hire, that John Harbaugh was a bad hire, or any of those guys were bad hires because there weren't offensive coordinators, I'll, I'll retort with, uh, I will throw a heaping, stinking load of bad offensive coordinator head coaches at you. Um, is the well drying up for Sean Payton, and do the Texans have competition, stiff competition, for D'Amico Ryans? That is next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you. Oh, we never got to my compliment let's, for you. Okay, let's well, set it at the end of this. Let's, uh, okay, ben, let's get, ben, be sure before, since we went five minutes over the last segment. The, yeah. And I didn't want to go it's any those longer. those short giving. segments at the beginning. All right, Seth, compliment, Sean, <laughs> font size. <laughs> 86. What are you, a billionaire? Yeah. It was like, well, I, uh, five, uh, yeah. I schedule five minutes every four hours where people give me compliments, give me compliments. to boost my ego. Yeah, I'm getting older. I need yes. that. Um, here was Ian Rappaport yesterday on the NFL Network on the current job search status of Sean Payton. Yeah, this is interesting, Andrew, because when this all started, the assumption was as soon as Sean Payton decides where he's going to go, then everyone else will know where they're going to go, and then the coaching searches will resume from there. It's now reached a different point. And if you go through the different places that Sean Payton has has interviewed, it does not seem like a second interview is coming with any of those places. First of all, the Carolina Panthers, where he already interviewed, have Frank Reich uh, and Steve Wilkes, along with Kellen Moore, in for second-slash-first interviews there. That seems to be the list as of now. You have the Denver Broncos, who seem to be focusing their attention elsewhere. Not saying he's out. But they do seem to be focusing elsewhere. You have the Houston Texans, who have not yet requested a second interview with Sean Payton. Then he's going to the Arizona Cardinals for a first interview. That is going to be tomorrow, assuming they get through the Dan Quinn interview and make no moves today. So what am I saying, Mike Garofolo? I'm saying that as of right now, it does not seem like there is a place for Sean Payton. We'll see. But it does not seem like there is a place in the coaching world right now. More likely, Seth Payne, more likely. Sean Payton is kind of slow playing these jobs because he's not really into any of them? Or are these decision makers 
as it turns out, not really into this second edition I, I of Sean Payton. I think it's a little bit of the self-fulfilling prophecy where they can sense Sean Payton has that feeling and it ends up like he's people sense that. And so they're like, okay, this guy thinks he's the crap. He's and not really into us. Yeah, or he just, or he's just his ego is so massive that he assumes that everybody's going to want a piece of him because he's Sean bleeping Peyton. And that, it's it's similar to the story that was told about Jim Harbaugh last year. And who knows if this is true or not? This is the sense people got was that when Jim Harbaugh walked into the Detroit Lions interview, he walked in like like it was his job to take. And that was off-putting. Oh, to, the Vikings. The Vikings, yeah, excuse me. Vikings, yeah. I say Lions, yeah, Vikings. Um, it was off-putting to, to some people. So, uh, reportedly, who knows? But you can see that totally being oh, the case. totally believable. 100%. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, I, in my mind, I'm I can shocked. See the, I can see that scenario playing out, too, where Sean Payton just has such a high estimation of himself. And also, like, okay... Can we stop this Ross and Rachel crap with Sean Payton and the Cowboys? It's been like a, a decade now of every damn year. It Jim looks and like those guys just want to be together. They came as close as almost having having a trade in place, yeah. but it was, the kibosh was put on it by the Saints. And it just, that's the likeliest scenario in my mind is that Sean Payton wanted to go to the Cowboys. Yeah. And uh, I wonder how he feels about, I wonder how he feels about that right now. If that's the case, does he look at it like, man, I would, if I were coaching that that game, we would have won that game. Not this Mike McCarthy. Club. Probably. I yeah. mean, he's got an ego. He probably thinks that. And I, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't bother me too much either. The Cowboys, according to, I, I think I read, I think Florio had the they had a story. They fired a couple of assistants. They, yeah. they, there's five of them. Oh, is it five? There's, no. five they oh. either, there's five they either fired or just didn't renew their contracts, oh, okay. which is the I same as firing them, um, including Leon Lett. A team legend, uh, Joe Philbin, the offensive line coach, not back. Philster, the fi- yeah, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, a hard knock. So well, there's a, by the way, Philbin is the classic. Like, hey, he's a good offensive mind, and then you see him as a head coach, and you're like, oh, oh dear, yeah. So yeah, yeah. but you had to hire the offensive guy, didn't you? Hard you knocks. Had, you had to hire the offensive right. guy. Hard knocks. You just got to. Don't you understand? Yeah. It's going to be Philbin and who? Fiedler. They're going to be magical together. I don't know. What was it the point? Um, you just got to hire the offensive yep, guy. Yep. Um, I think this, too. You you brought this up earlier about Peyton when we were talking about him. This whole Colin Cowherd thing, I, I could see where owners for sure, yeah. billionaire owners, um, general managers who are in place, and anybody else who's in a decision-making or, or, or surrounding a decision-making capacity in a football team could look at Peyton's act over the last couple weeks and be like, I don't know if I want that. Look, every head coach has their guys in media. Bill yeah. O'Brien had his guys, and they were, and it was fairly obvious. But this whole thing, the last couple weeks, where basically Peyton is openly he, like he's going out to dinner with Coward. Coward sits down on his nationally his his national television show, yeah, and and leads into every take about Sean Peyton with I went out to dinner with him last yeah, night. Like, basically, dishes on what he chatted about with Peyton. It, like and then Peyton's telling him what's going on in these interviews yes. and all this, uh, yeah. It, to the point where, if the goal of what he was doing in feeding Cowherd the negative stuff about the Texans, yeah, was to I don't know what the goal of that would have been, but I could totally see where an owner of another team, like the Bidwells in Arizona, 
Like if they're looking at that and looking at how the Texans are yeah. getting treated in that whole thing, like okay, what if what if we start out three and seven right. one year, and now all of a sudden Colin Cowherd's talking about dissension behind the scenes that involves everybody except Sean Payton? Well, and I've told you before, like the the NFL, like it's a gossipy place. There's a whole lot of people talking smack about Thank people God. all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's not just the media; it's it's amongst various NFL coaches and everything. Um, but like, there's always it's like any other. The place in life, there's always a certain amount of gossip, and yet there's uh, there's the people that are problem gossips. And if you're the, you know, you know how it is. If you know somebody that talks smack about every single person you know, then you realize, oh, they're talking smack about me too. That's the that's the hazards of being a gossip. That's why uh, you're desperately insecure all the time if you're a gossip because people know that you're talking smack about them too. And I could totally see a lot of these teams. Feeling like, well, gosh, he just he just turns right around and just and just discloses everything. Apparently, I, why, how can I trust this? guy? Well, and it's not just that he does that. It's okay, and I got to pay a premium for this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, okay. Oh, oh, Mr. Fancy Pants wants twenty million a year. Well, and so I, he can go talk smack about me. Well, and I got to give up a couple draft picks just yeah. to, just for the right to pay him twenty five million. Yeah, and then go dish all the dirt behind the scenes in yeah. my building. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, I'll take my chance on one of these guys. Yeah. seriously. And I've seen some people defend him by saying, "Well, he is working for Fox Sports." Well, like, okay, then quit your job and then go be a football coach. Right. You know, like you're, you're or, playing both sides here. It's just too cute for me. Or stop going to dinner with Colin Cowherd. Like you can go yeah. on Fox and do your gig on yeah. Sundays before yeah. the shows. Yeah, you know what? That's that rubs me the wrong way because I've seen that before with some athletes who have like media gigs while they're playing, yeah. and they'll try to justify sometimes being a bad teammate by saying, "Well, you know, I work at this in the off season, and that's I have to give them good information." Like, no, you don't. You know, you get that choice. That's like saying, well, I have to sleep with men for money. I'm a prostitute. Like, I mean, what what am I supposed to do? Hey, listen, I need I need to break people's thumbs. I'm a collector for the mob. Like, so what What am I? Oh, oh, and I'm immoral, immoral for that? Like, yeah, you're choosing a job that's causing you to be immoral. So that's what, so Sean Payton is a prostitute for Colin Coward, basically. He's his little trick. Colin Coward sends him out to do his bidding. Yep. My God, they can't hire him now. That's gonna <laughs> so start calling him Johnny hey, Cowherd. Hey, Seth Payne wants him. Seth Payne wants a weekly interview with you. Oh, is he the one that called me Colin Coward's trick? Uh, that's a, that's a hard Welcome no. into the street corner. Welcome into the street corner with Seth Payne and Sean Payton. Show a little leg there, Shawnee. That's I it. know you know how. Um. So here's some other here's some other stuff from Florio. Florio's got a whole piece on the well. Rappaport had this stuff on Peyton. Florio has a piece that says this. Uh, the headline: Some think the Broncos could make a decision as soon as Wednesday. Obviously, meaning on their head coaching job. Yeah. He says this: The clock is ticking on the NFL's five head coaching vacancies. This is Florio. As is as is often the case, one will make a hire and then the others will follow, often quickly. Some believe that the Broncos could go first. As soon as Wednesday, they were very impressed by 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans, who can't be hired by anyone until his team's current season ends. I'm going to stop right there because there's another candidate Florio brings up for the Broncos, which we'll get to in a second. How concerned are you about the Broncos? Assuming that D'Amico and the Texans, as of one interview, are in a good place right now, where there's mutual interest. How concerned are you about the Broncos' job possibly swaying D'Amico Ryan? Uh, if D'Amico were to have the choice between the two places, I'd be surprised if he took the Broncos. Um, I actually had to break this to a Broncos fan yesterday, uh, and I did it in the best place possible, which is on Twitter. Uh, you know, this Broncos fan was responding to Benjamin Albright, a media member out there, 
And Benjamin Albright said that it looked like Houston was the biggest competition for Denver in, in, in pulling in D'Amico. Yeah. And the Broncos fan said, huh, aren't they a perpetual dumpster fire? Why would they want to go there? So I just did a screenshot of the Broncos' last six seasons and, and sent you, it to the what'd guy. what did you find out? Um, well, of course, there's all things, all different reasons why the Texans are actually worse. But I mean, like, at least the Texans have had a couple of winning seasons in the past six years. Like, right. the Broncos have had six straight losing seasons. That's right. And two of them really bad in the last four years. So it, the, the Broncos have been a bad football team, except Broncos, because the Broncos had this long stretch from 1972 until 2018 when they had never lost, they had never had back to back losing seasons. Yeah. It had been a freakish stretch yeah. of pretty solid football. They had a few in there where they were eight and eight, like multiple years in a row. But really still, good franchise. Yeah, though. but they've been, a, they've been a bad football team for some time now. And yeah. they've, and they're saddled with Russell Wilson. Yeah. And that's, by the way, that's another thing that's really annoyed me about the Colin Coward and Sean Payton stuff. Colin Coward acting like Sean Payton's plan to show Russell Wilson highlight videos of himself back from when he was good is one of the keys to turning him around. Like, like you don't think Russell Wilson has a staff of people doing stuff like that for him Dude, already? Russell Wilson, him, yeah, Russell Wilson's confidence is the Dude, issue. Did, what are the odds <laughs> that Russell Wilson's living room has all kinds of big screens like in a yeah. ribbon surrounding the top, and it's all just playing highlights of him from his Seattle days or the, or on the, a loop? Yeah, that somehow the the key to fixing the situation in Denver is to have Russell Wilson spend more time with his teammates. Those dudes don't like Russell. Their, no. their plan is to have Russell Wilson not be Russell Wilson anymore. Yeah. He needs uh, he needs to completely change his personality at the age of 30-whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's a Sean Payton. Colin Coward. Yeah, it's just, oh. it's, you know, look. Sickens I, me. When you, when you say the Broncos versus the Texans, nationally, that's probably the reaction to a lot of people as they think of the brand. If you look at it on paper right now, there's no question. There's zero question. The, the Texans' job is a better job than the Broncos. Yeah, if you look at it just, if you divorce any of the... If Take you, the logos out of if, it. Yeah, if you dismiss any of the chatter or gossip or how you feel about um, the owners or anything like that, just like you look at the assets, the opportunity, um, the draft position, all that, it's a better job for the, the Texans right now. And then with D'Amico, and this is the one thing that people... I think when people talk, people that don't want D'Amico will say, well, the Texans are operating on sentiment, sentimentality here. I don't. You're looking at it the wrong way. The the Texans have sentimentality in their corner on this one. Whether they chose D'Amico, if they choose D'Amico for reasons of sentimentality or not, D'Amico's got more incentive to come back here than he does to other places mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. Um, so that's if sentiment, sentimentality plays a part, I think it's a tiebreaker for D'Amico between the Broncos or any of these other jobs. I agree with that. And then that's the other part about the sentimentality part. It's it would be a valid criticism if there weren't multiple teams that were very interested in D'Amico. Mm-hmm. This is not a Josh McCown type of situation. Um, David Shaw is the sleeper candidate right now for the Denver Broncos. I the want that hell? to happen. David Shaw, the Stanford coach who's gone 14-28 and 28 the last four seasons at Stanford. What, what, how does this, what is this infatuation with David Shaw? Well, I'll tell you with the Broncos specifically. I believe yeah. the Walmart higher-ups that are running the team yeah. are Stanford grads, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's right. No, yeah. The, Condoleezza the Rice. The guy you married into the money. Yes, is, uh, Stanford yeah. guy. And Condoleezza Rice is a minority owner of, of the Broncos. Of the Broncos and okay. she was a staff member at Stanford while Shaw oh. was the head coach there. They have a tight relationship Condi Rice and uh, is Condi Rice the Jack Easterby of the Broncos organization? Potentially, 
I'd love because that he, because you know, he's all about culture and leadership. That's if right. Your output exceeds your input, then your upkeep will be your downfall. A lot of times, people not about winning yeah. necessarily. A lot of times, people don't realize that um, culture is the key to winning. And sure, there are a lot of teams out there winning a bunch of football games, but they don't have the culture. You no, see, no. not the culture like Stanford. Yeah. yeah. You know what I've learned is the key to winning? Mm. Winning. Winning. That <laughs> yes. tends to be the deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Stanford always loves to make excuses for itself. Like, oh, we have to, we have a hard time getting the athletes who qualify. Yeah, but you still, but you have a huge advantage in getting scholar athletes. You're the one play. There are kids that they're they're like from all over the country. That is one of the easiest places to recruit a really good student athlete. Yeah, um, because it's got the best blend of both like really high level academics and uh, and and the actual like. Presence is athletically. You should be at the front of the line for the smart kids. Yeah, the other good sports at, at Stanford don't seem to make that excuse. They don't. They're they don't. really good. They win the Sears Trophy every year. Yeah, they do. They for, for college cumulative college success. Yeah, they win all these other things, and yet somehow in football, like, well, it's hard. Which, frankly, dude, God, I a hope football they, player. I hope they. I hope they are David Shaw or Sean Payton. Yeah. in Denver, one or the other. Just not D'Amico. We want D'Amico here. I mean, Jim Harbaugh spent like uh, like three months at Stanford and basically turned them into a national title contender if he hadn't decided to leave because all those nerds were annoying him. So one of the texts I got from you last night uh, at the Houston Sports Awards was um, was that I in the the highlight video they did. Oh yeah, there was one from 2018. 2018, and they did a they did a highlight video, and one of the highlights was Rich Lord pointing out that that was the first time that. Nolan Ryan, Earl Campbell, and Hakeem Olajuwon had all been in the same place at the same time because the, the 334s were going into the yeah. Hall of Fame. Up until then, there was a lot of conspiracy talk that they were actually all one person. It was the same guy. <laughs> or that they despised each other. Yes. Was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was one guy. I got to be there in a... the room with Hakeem? <laughs> no way. Um, so... It's so <laughs> they dented the fender. Is that was that was that the damn dream car wash? They dented the fender. <laughs> so you on my twenty five hundred one year, and I, I never got any and any kind of repayment for it. Rate compounds. So <laughs> so Rich is on there. Po- they had the highlight of Rich pointing that out because me and Rich and Ted gave one of the awards out. I forget which one it was. We were presenting one of the awards. They've they've got much more famous people not presenting them. That the show has really evolved. <laughs> they, the the hell, Sean? show's evolved. So it's you, Ted, and uh, Rich. Yeah, uh, it was a much larger version of me, which you you pointed out not derisively. Was, you pointed out as a compliment. I pointed out as a compliment, but I honestly second like I double clutched the delivery on the text because I was like, I don't, you know, that's a tough compliment to give. Like, wow, you've lost a lot no, of weight. I had the same observation. Boy, you were a sow. So did my wife. Know? Yeah. Um, but it was uh, it was it, I was. Alarmed by how noticeable it was, yeah. Because you just you've you've done what's so hard to do, which is you've lost a bunch of weight, but then you've kept it off, yeah. which a very small percentage of people lose over fifty pounds and then like keep it off for multiple years. So I was uh, I was very impressed. Thank you. Because it didn't seem uh, it, I don't remember you being as big as you looked in that photo. Yeah, yeah. In that video, I don't know that I did either. You kind of block it out from your mind and don't look at any pictures of yourself from back then. I was like, I felt like. In trying to keep my eyes from looking at your waddle, it was like you might as well have had like cleavage on your neck. That I was like, don't look at the, don't look at the cleavage, don't I, look at the neck hey, cleavage, don't do it. I, He's up there. He's up there. Look I, at his eyes. There was cleavage underneath that shirt. I promise you. <laughs> I, was, I really don't remember you. Like I could barely find your face. Yeah, it was, uh, it was somewhere it was in like there. A nose and two eyeballs. It was crazy. It was, that's impressive. How much weight did you lose? 
Uh, from that picture, yeah. probably even more. Like from the time I started soda, forty-five pounds, but I think I was even heavier. Yeah, because I, I didn't so. start soda till COVID. Well, because you still had at that point. You, yeah, you definitely you had lost weight, but you still had like sleep apnea and everything. Yeah. Yep, and, uh, yep, yeah. yep. That was that was right around. Well, the time. You would have been if you hadn't made some changes. You might honestly have been dead by now. For sure, I'm not even joking. Yeah, no, like, no, you had some sure. serious issues between getting your sleep apnea fixed and Dropping your body weight. weight and that's everything. why I try to tell people in those spots. That's for real, man. Yeah. Salento and soda, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, you sent me that text, and I'm like, don't feel bad. And I sent you a screen cap of my kind of stream of conscious notes of the show. And I had, holy <laughs> F, I was obese in 2018. That was one of my notes. So thank you. I appreciate the, the compliment. Ted looked like he was ready to just yeah, roll Ted. through half the ladies in that crowd. <laughs> That's man. what I would have done. My did. God. Dude, <laughs> That's Ted's a mountain of a man. Like, that, was, a, oh God. that was the reinvented version of Ted, too. Like after he'd gotten healthy. After he'd gotten, uh, gotten yeah. his life in order. Yeah. Well, you know, because Ted, I, I've never seen anything like it. Except with my, my brother's kind of like this, too. There's something like... Like like the, the Kavorka, <laughs> like like yeah. the, Ted's got a certain magnetism to him, yeah. And it's not necessarily about like even his looks or anything. He's just got. This is the same way I feel about head coaches in a different way, but like there's a vibe. Mm-hmm. And like Ted, I've I've been around Ted just random places in the middle of the afternoon where I swear like women have been throwing it's themselves incredible. at him, like like. Like that, he just met. Yeah, they're like pressing themselves up against him. It is the weirdest thing, uh, frankly. I don't know how the guy operates like day to day in life. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. It's, like you can see why he's had challenges. I think. I just like to say, that's why those, he's had his ups and downs. My brother is the same way. I think for so many years he kind of like just said have women throwing himself at him all the time that after yeah. a while, like you got to make a conscious decision Poor when guy. you get into your thirties or forties. No, but you, cause you, you do. Are, you're like, Oh man, I gotta, you gotta assimilate. Like, what do I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It was good to see Ted up on that screen. It was horrible to see me up there. I apologize to everybody that I was so fat back in, January of 2018. You had to look at that. You didn't have a Ted vibe. (laughs) No, I was taken. (laughs) All right. Uh, Hey, Matt Schaub was on with the guys from In the Loop yesterday. He was excellent. He's really good on the radio, Matt Schaub. How has he felt watching the Texans the last few years? And also, he obviously has thoughts on D'Amico Ryans as well. We'll have that next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 